This thing on? It's recording. We would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation upon whose ancestral lands our city campus now stands. We would also like to pay respect to the elders both past and present, acknowledging them as the traditional custodians of knowledge for this land. Alright, welcome back dear listeners to Season 3, Episode 3 of The Bar. It's great to have you. I'm Brayden. I'm Perina, and we hope you've been enjoying all the episodes so far. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think we have lots in store for you guys for the rest of the season as well and for the episode today. Hint, hint, we might have a lot of guests on, but before we get into that, firstly, we're going to do our legal scoop. Perina, take us away. Like an ice cream scoop, but better. (laughs) (laughs) So this week I get to share my interesting legal fact, which is awesome. So I'll start off by asking you, Brayden, if you know of the famous Jim F45, the one that's backed by Mark Wahlberg. I do, actually. I, for some reason, I've never been there, but I know F45 because people talk about it and because it has very strong branding on the signs of the, of the buildings. It does. They do brand well. Um, Mark helps, I bet. And it's very expensive. It's $45 per week for a student, and it's a lot more expensive for non-students. But did you know that the fitness franchise F45 and its rival being Body Fit Training, so BFT, was sweating it out in court for the past four years over patents? Four years? I thought it was only recent. It was them being in the court battle for four years and the ruling came out this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so they've been there for a while. But to break it down quickly, F45 has been challenging BFT over alleged intellectual property infringements as both of them are trying to get into the US market. So earlier in Feb this year, Justice Nicholas of the Federal Court held that F45's innovation patents, which involved a computer-implemented system for configuring and operating one of the studios or all of the fitness studios, they were deemed invalid. And even if they were invalid, I think rival fitness franchise, BFT, did not infringe them. Even if they were valid? Yeah. Yeah, well, interesting. It's almost as if F45 went to court for nothing really, but F45 claimed that their exercise stations were required to be configured by humans, not computers. And Justice Nicholas, in contrast, said that the invention to be a computer-implemented scheme, which enabled physical arrangements of exercise equipment to be made, and that this scheme was not made patent eligible, merely because it is implemented using generic computing technology. So I think he ordered costs for against F45. So they would have to pay legal costs for BFT. Oh, right. Yeah. I feel when a judge awards costs against the, the plaintiff of proceedings is the ultimate, at least the, as much as they can from a legal perspective. Why the hell did you bring this case in exactly. front of me? <laughs> like you could appeal it, but like it's all, you know, run down now. What's the point? Well, yeah. And if you appeal it and you lose, more costs. Even more money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I personally know nothing about patents or IP, but I thought it was so interesting because I think computer-implemented inventions being patentable in Australia is becoming a really big thing and it's becoming more common year by year. So I think we'll be seeing more cases like this every year, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, it's it's cool seeing technology bring novel fact situations before the court. And really, I guess that's where the whole concept of legal technology comes from. One part being, you know, how can technology facilitate the law? But the other part being, okay, how does technology interact? With the law. 
Mm -hmm. And this is one of those cases where it's probably been ruled on, on a novel set of facts although it is from four years ago. And because of that, you know, it's it's showing the courts, okay, this is what technology is like and how are we going to police this? How are we going to deal with it in civil ways as well within the legal sphere? And I think it just goes to show once again that corporate law isn't everything, which is what we always talk about. I think we touch on this like every week in some way. You know what the funniest thing is? I say that, but I probably want to become a corporate lawyer. I was say... <laughs> But, like, I find tech law just as interesting. Like, I think the legal tech major that we have for law as well, I think we're one of the first unis to be doing it, like UTS. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's why I picked UTS. I was oh. like, legal tech, I might not do it, but it's so interesting. Love it. Well, yeah. I know I competed in our InterVarsity legal tech mood in 2020. How was that? And that was very interesting, the way that the facts worked. I think it was a lot about cryptocurrencies and such, although that might have also been the general opens round because there were both on legal technology. Oh, right. <laughs> so, big emphasis fun. at UTS. University of Technology, Sydney. Who would have thought? It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Fran. It's always interesting to discuss new developments in the law, especially when it comes to technology, because, you know, we are applying legal principles that have been around for centuries to, you know, new modern day situations and to a novel set of facts. It's interesting to see the way that interacts and how it affects society as a whole. But in saying that, that does bring the legal scoop to its conclusion for this week. We are very much looking forward to next week and, and our legal scoop then. So stay tuned. But we have a lot more in store for you for the rest of this episode. We have three guests coming up. But importantly, our first guest is a guy by the name of Mac Middleton. So if you haven't heard of Mac, he is our well-being director for the UTS Law Student Society. Of course, taking care of all things well-being for our members. So stay tuned and we will talk to Mac soon. So, Mac, welcome to the bar. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm really excited. Thanks so much for having me. I've been a fan for a while now. can't believe it took so long for you to ask me <laughs> on. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, we're very happy to have you. Georgia and Nick did some fantastic work last season, and hopefully we can continue that with some notable guests like yourself. Well, Mac, it's lovely to have you. I think well-being is really, really important for law students especially. Thank you so much for taking the time to come onto the podcast and talk about it today to loyal listeners. But before we get into that, we have our most important question to ask you. Which is, who would you take to the bar and why? This was a tough one. I've been thinking about it all week, actually. <laughs> um, so I decided to go with something topical. It's been on the news lately. And that is the co-owner of Atlassian, Mike Cannon-Brooks. You might have seen him in the news lately. He offered to buy AGL Energy which is the biggest provider of energy in Australia. I chose Mike because he's trying his very best to make a difference with the resources that he has. And I think it does connect quite well with well-being. I think climate change is something that our generation is quite anxious about. I think he'd be a great person to have a chat to about where he sees Australia in the next 10, 20 30 years. Perhaps a renewable energy power. You know, it was really cool to see he wanted to take AGL and make it, I believe it was carbon neutral. Yeah, so his aim was to make AGL carbon neutral, I think it was 15 years before AGL was promising to do so. And I think that's a really noble thing for a, for a billionaire to try and do. And I think he'd be a really interesting person to take to the bar. 
100 percent definitely that's a really good answer what are your thoughts Perina? oh i mean i couldn't think of a better person to bring to the bar like you know talking about climate change and renewable energy i think they're very like hard and heavy hitting topics for today but so necessary to talk about as well 100 percent. and personally i i kind of struggle to understand why renewable energy isn't a way bigger thing in australia in particular because we have so much natural renewable energy for example sunlight solar power we could have all of these solar farms in Australia. And I totally see why, you know, Mike has, has chosen Australia in this regard. Well, uh, thank you for that answer, Mac. Well, moving on to all things well-being. Mac, do you want to talk about the importance of well-being in law school as both your experience as a law student and your role as well-being director? Yeah, of course. I do think well-being is one of those things that's overlooked, especially at the moment. Everyone's working from home. You know, I've spent the first two years of my law degree sitting at home. So I think it's important now more than ever to talk about it. Things like anxiety and depression, it affects everyone. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do but you know it affects three million people in Australia every year and in terms of at law school it's it's a big degree long hours lots of reading and it's got quite a competitive culture particularly when you're applying for grad programs or clerkships I've learnt over the past few years that having a, a good balance at law school is key so maintaining a social life keeping up your sports having those outlets I think it's it's really really important 100% I agree with you there it's kind of funny that we're all working from home at the moment or you know you've missed the past two years of uni and people just assume oh well you're at home you'll be fine well well Actually, no, like humans aren't meant to be indoors, you know, like that for a while. Not saying, you know, there's anything wrong with lockdown or whatnot, but I think we really need to make sure, as you are, that well-being is at the forefront of a lot of law students' minds. It's such a big misconception that, you know, law, law students have it all, like the studies, like the work, social life, everything, but it's just a front really, isn't it? Um, mm. There's a lot going on behind. <laughs> Absolutely. And look, I think something that we really do benefit from here at UTS is compared to other unis you know hopefully not throwing some shade here but um i think we have less of that competitive sort of element thankfully it seems to be quite collaborative at uts at least i've found you know you team up with people in classes and you study together you know help each other with notes or difficult concepts yeah yeah i think we've got a really inclusive culture here particularly in the lss in the law student society i think we've got people from all over the world all different backgrounds and we're one big support network 100% yeah and I think you know UTS LSS does that really well and speaking of that you know what what have we got in store for well-being this semester yeah so we've got lots of great events coming up this semester the first thing is the selection of the student well-being committee so that's a group of 10 extraordinary students that are supporting me this year and they do everything from help with event organization writing our well-being blog so we've got a fortnightly well-being blog that we send out to students covering things from exercise routines to healthy recipes to mental health tips and tricks so yeah i'm really excited about meeting our 10 lucky committee members We've also got the Smile Project coming up in May, which is a day that's all about starting conversations about mental health. So we've got therapy dogs coming in, which is very exciting. Uh, we're having a barbecue, playing some games organized by the socials team, and perhaps even some massages as well. Uh, but that's yet to be confirmed. <laughs> you heard it here first at the bar. Potential. You have. This is breaking news. <laughs> 
hopefully I can keep that promise. So going back to what you said, um, are the subcommittee applications open at the moment? or They are, yes. So our committee uh, applications open on the 6th of March, so a few more days, and they're closing on the 17th of March. So still plenty of time to get those applications in. That'll all be advertised on the ETS Law Student Society Facebook page. So yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah. yeah, and get to applying as soon as you can, as soon as the window opens. But yeah, awesome. Thanks for going through that with us, Mac. No worries. Uh, and Mac, look, I think I'm really excited to cuddle some puppies. What date is Smile Week so I can lock that in and make sure I'm there? So it's been confirmed today, actually. It's going to be on the 3rd of May. Ooh. So coming up very soon. It's the day after my birthday. Oh, oh. there you go. Okay. Extra extra reason to smile that <laughs> week. Really is Smile Week, isn't it, for <laughs> So everyone look out for all the amazing and exciting events coming up in the next few months. Other than UTS LSS running events, there's also UTS services running a lot of wellbeing events as well. So Mac, would you like to go through that with us? Yeah, there's lots of great services at UTS. I guess I'd first like to say that the LSS office is always open to students um, on level 14 of UTS Central. We'd love to have a chat to you. Our door is always open. I guess the next service that I think is really amazing is the UTS Counselling Service and the Psychology Clinic. So these are two amazing services that are offered to students at a very affordable price. You can book in a session to see a psychologist in their last year of training at UTS. It only costs $12.50 for concession holders. And you get some really great professional advice while that student is being supervised by a registered psychologist. Seems like the the best of both worlds there. Helping new and upcoming psychologists, which we certainly need in the wake of COVID, but also, you know, being quite affordable and accessible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really great confidential service that's offered. And I think for some of us, those really expensive doctor's visits can seem out of reach. But the UTS have an amazing mental health services. Um, and this is open to international students as well at no further cost? Yeah, I, f- I believe it may be a little bit more expensive um, for international students, but it- it's still very, very affordable. Well, that sounds really great. It's great to not put your mental health at risk by putting your bank account at risk, isn't it? Yeah, there's a whole lot of other services that are offered as well, um, from in-house financial support to LGBTIQA plus support as well. All of these services will be listed in detail on the new wellbeing blog, which will be accessible via the LSS website. But whatever your concern is, whatever you may be anxious about, there's there's a really great service for you at UTS. Mm, I think it's actually quite comprehensive at UTS for whatever issue or problem that you're facing and you want to overcome. I think it's really good. And the good thing about it being one of the biggest unis in, in Australia is that any sort of question that you have, you can just type into Google counselling UTS, for example, and there'll be a, you know, a corresponding page on the UTS website to tell you what to do beyond the LSS website and beyond the wellbeing blog in the interim. And if that doesn't work, you can always call UTS as well, which is another great service. So we've got Smile Week, we've got the wellbeing committee coming up, 
Anything else on the calendar? Yeah, so there's also uh, a random acts of kindness day that we're organising. That's coming up in April. The details are yet to be confirmed, but we're thinking we'll run a breakfast in the morning outside of the LSS office. And again, it's just another great opportunity for all of us to come together, have those conversations about mental health, but also show our appreciation for each other. Mm, and even if you know you don't want to have those hard chats early in the morning, it is nice just to go and eat and chat with your friends, especially those who you're doing your degree with, because you might make a friend on level 14 and then run into them at a class, for example. Exactly, you might new, meet new people or see familiar faces as well, but it's a great way to get involved. Mm, so, April guys, keep your eyes locked on our socials and the buzz if you're a subscriber. If you're not, get subscribed. Get right now. Thank you so much for being on The Bar, Mac. We hope you had fun today. I really did. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been great to provide some well-being advice at the start of semester. I think it's a really important reminder, and I hope everyone keeps a good balance this year. Thank you, Well, It was lovely to have you, Mac, and I encourage all our listeners to take on board everything that Mac has said because foundations of law might be, uh, you know, less challenging uh, than the subjects that you go later in your degree. Yeah. Hope to see a lot of faces at the events that Mac mentioned as well. See you there, guys. See you there. Well, it's very exciting to hear from Mac about our wellbeing initiatives across campus, both from the uni itself and from our Law Student Society. Very exciting stuff. But today's episode is actually super packed. We have two more guests, our lovely Brennan Program Directors, Shay and Mon. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you guys? Doing really, really good. Glad that you're here and I can finally meet you too. Yes, I can't believe that we haven't run into each other yet. I know, especially on level 14, but glad that it's now. Our favourite place. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think COVID is the culprit here that we haven't had those organic interactions across campus that we used to. All right, now, guys, the most important question we'll ever be asking you. We'll start with you, Mon. (laughs) Who would you take to the bar and why? Okay, so I thought about this, and my answer isn't particularly legal-focused, but I would say it's relatively social justice-focused. So I'm definitely taking Sir David Attenborough to the bar. He is such an icon at 95. He is still passionate and pioneering in the field of environmental advocacy, which I think is arguably such an important part of social justice. Um, He was addressing the UN last year, still at 94 passionate about climate change and I think that he's so inspiring and it'd be so interesting to hear about his life. Well Mon, I think that's a very important answer, something that I very much agree with as well. But also Mac from earlier in the episode mentioned a similar type of guest, not so much legal related but more environmentally focused. And he was talking about Mike Cannon Brooks, the co-founder of Atlassian and how he is trying to acquire AGL and make it carbon neutral 15 years before AGL originally planning to do it. So look, I think the key takeaway here is that environmental justice is very much a core belief of uh, UTS law students. What do we say? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great coming from Mac, the previous Brennan director. Yeah. um, Goes to show where people's priorities are heading, which is so great for our generation. Yeah. And Vishaya, what's your answer? Who would you bring to the bar? Content warning. The next minute briefly mentions sexual violence. Mine, unfortunately, is not environmental focused. I'm not <laughs> carrying the trend. 
Um, I guess also similar, she's not really a legal figure. I mean, arguably, yes, but Grace Tame, um, the prior Australian of the Year, she has become one of the most publicised advocates for women's rights and sexual assault and sexual harassment legislative change. Um, I just love the fact that she led a campaign called the Let Her Speak campaign to revoke gag orders placed on victims of sexual violence both in Tasmania and it was also just legislated in New South Wales as well so she also seems like a really great time so I would love to sit down and talk to her and pick her brains about how she thinks the world could be a better place definitely I think Grace and was Brittany Higgins I think they're a force to be reckoned with right now aren't they absolutely you can't stop them I don't think not that anyone should want to exactly (laughs) yeah well I think Grace Tame is an absolute icon and you know the news that came out of the past couple months was one hilarious um seeing her absolutely slap down all the you know, powerful men that are so entrenched in government at the moment. But two, that she, as you said, Shay, seems like an absolute awesome person. And I would <laughs> love to get a drink with her at the bar because she would have some absolutely amazing um, chat, I think. Thank you so much, Shay and Mon, for your amazing answers for who would you take to the bar and why. Moving on to the Brennan program, though, could you explain to our listeners what it actually is? So the Brennan program is the Law Society and the Law Faculty's Social Justice Program. It's not compulsory, but it's a great way to get involved with different social justice issues and really complements your legal degree. A lot of the topics that we deal with don't come into fruition during your legal studies so it's a really great way to learn about the world and how the issues that you're learning about in a classroom play out in real life and the people that that affects. The program itself is really focused on providing law students the opportunity to learn about I guess the practical side of the law and how people in the law interact. That's definitely one of the key takeaways that I've gotten from the program. It also gives you the opportunity to do things like volunteer, listen to industry experts talk about their experience and things that they care about in a really meaningful and intimate way. Yeah, so the to be able to take out the award of completing the Brennan program, there's kind of two halves to it. So the first part of it is your Reflections on Justice, or we call ROJ, and that's just engaging with concepts of social justice. We typically do this through a range of forms, being seminars, which are usually our organised justice talks, and then we've got opportunities to be reflecting on books and films. There's so many different ways you can get involved, and we'll discuss more later about how you accrue those points. And then the second half of it, as Shay was saying, has got to do with volunteering and service and giving back, so you build your hours for your leadership through service, or we call LTS. And the only requirements for that is that you're not getting paid or getting any academic credit, and that the organisation that you're working with is not-for-profit. So we have lots of opportunities that um, come to us or you can self-source but the only requirements beyond that is just the hours so for a three-year degree you need 120 hours of volunteering a four-year degree which is your typical LLB is 160 hours and a five-year double degree requires 200 hours wow it all sounds yeah very interesting I think I think I really like how it gives that real world perspective on how you know, the law interacts with people because ultimately the law is just a set of rules of how do we live with other people and changes in the law, you know, which might seem minute or minuscule can potentially impact someone's life significantly. And so I think as future lawyers, it's really important for us to have that perspective when we approach legal problems and and find legal solutions. So yeah, very much 
a big fan of the Brennan Program. Could you tell us more about the history of the Brennan Program? Yeah, absolutely. So the program was founded in 2011. As Shay mentioned before, it's a joint venture between faculty and the LSS, the Law Society. And the Brennan Program is named after Sir Gerard Brennan, hopefully a familiar name um, for a lot of law students, a very important figure in social justice. He was a former Chief Justice of the High Court and was Chancellor of UTS. So I think it's really great that we dedicate this kind of program to someone who dedicated his career to dealing with these sorts of issues. We even have a moot court named after him on Level 14, if you haven't seen it. Very nice. Look, and I'd say to any law students who don't know who Brennan is, just pretend that you did the entire time after listening to this. <laughs> you'll definitely know who he is sooner or later. Yeah, if you don't already. Yeah. If you didn't know before, you'll know as soon as you've heard the podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, Shay, going back to what you said earlier about how some of the skills we learn in our law degree don't come to fruition until we practice, what are the other benefits of completing the Brennan program? Where do I start, honestly? (laughs) There's so many. Um, So the Brennan program is the only program of its kind in Australia. So it's really highly reputable in the legal industry. Lots of employers, whether they be beyond corporate or in the corporate world, really value the Brennan program. Lots of our partners are also corporate partners. The program itself is really self-directed. There's a lot of flexibility in when you complete your hours or when you complete your, um, as Monica mentioned, ROJ points. So it's really dependent on you and it really allows you to kind of, I guess, manage your time and do things based on your means. I know for many current law students, it was really hard during COVID to volunteer and do those sorts of things. So obviously now is a great time to get involved. Personally, I think I've had a lot of clarity about what's really important to me when it comes to legal practice. I volunteered at the Refugee Advisory and Casework Service, or RACS, last year, and that was kind of a really pivotal moment for me in terms of realising that that was maybe something I wanted to pursue in the future. Yeah, do you have anything to add, Mon? I would definitely just echo everything that Shay's saying. I think it's definitely similar for me, brought a lot of clarity in. I've always known that I was um, interested in pursuing potentially a career or being involved um, in that space. And I actually volunteered last year with an organisation called Capital Punishment Justice Project advocating for the abolition of the death penalty internationally, which was such an interesting and invaluable experience. And I guess it kind of opened me up more to the other side of social justice, understanding how in practice it's so um, under-resourced. Yeah, I guess adding to that as well, you really get to meet a lot of like-minded people. Monica and I didn't meet before doing the Brennan program, but you really get to have conversations that are kind of aligned to your personal values and you can have really deep conversations and learn a lot about the world that way. um, I do Brennan with a lot of my friends. It's a really great opportunity to kind of hang out and learn. On the back of that... Quick promo. (laughs) Um, That is exactly what our discussion groups are for. We have really great discussion groups where um, leaders bring in different topics of justice and students can engage and discuss these sorts of things. And the applications are opening on March 10th. So get in on that one. Very exciting stuff. No, it does seem like, you know, the Brennan program is a very good way to sort of go beyond the theoretical skills you use at uni or you learn at uni. I, I always think of, you know, uni being just sort of one half of your of your training to become, you know, a future lawyer. And that other half is the practical side of things. So, okay, how does it actually work in the real world? You know, how do I actually like doing this type of law 
in practice. You know, you might love torts, but you might hate the way that it is actually litigated in the legal system. And so by doing more experiences such as Brennan, you gain that bigger perspective of what do I actually want to do as a lawyer? You know, you could always choose the clerkship pathway, which is, of course, great if that works for you. But there's so many different opportunities. Um, I guess also just adding to that, there's so many things that you hear about on the news, but maybe don't understand what the real world like implications of that are. Climate justice was a big one for me. It was something I heard a lot about, but didn't have a science background or any kind of knowledge about climate change until doing the Brennan program. And now it's something that I care a lot about. Sounds amazing. I think you guys also mentioned something about ROJ points or LTS as well. So how would our listeners sign up to that and lodge ROJ points? Okay, so on the more practical side of the program, um, so you can sign up to the Brennan program on the website and on Career Hub. And once you sign up, you send an information pack that really details all of the requirements for your ROJ and LTS hours. So remembering your ROJ is your reflections on justice by engaging more conceptually, and then your LTS is your leadership through service, your volunteering hours. So we also have a Facebook group called the Brennan Collective, which is probably one of the most important resources through completing the award. We post opportunities in there very frequently, us and some of the members from faculty and the rest of the LSS. So we have access to opportunities through there as well as self-sourcing and a lot of ROJ opportunities we facilitate. Thank you, Mom. I think the Brennan program is really, really exciting and I would encourage our new students especially to sign up uh, this year. The earlier you get onto it, the earlier you can finish it. But in saying that, if we have any listeners right now at home feverishly waiting to sign up, what do they do, Mon? Tell us. All you've got to do, just Google Brennan Program UTS. First link takes to the UTS website and then click Information and Registration for Current Students. And then there's a big blue box that says Register Online and that's it. Boom. Just follow the steps in your screen and you'll be signed up and uh, you'll be in the loop, of course, as well. Follow the uh, Brennan Collective Facebook page. You also don't need to be a member of, like, you don't need to be doing the Brennan program to join the Brennan Collective on Facebook. So anyone is welcome. Get amongst it. So now that you've told us how to sign up for the Brennan program, why don't you tell us what's planned for the year? We have so much planned for 2022. We're really excited to be back on campus. So we're going to try and make the most of that this year. We're kicking off the semester with two introductory justice talks. Really great if you're in your first year or just looking to learn more about how justice and the law interact. So one of our great faculty members, Renata Grossi, is going to be running a seminar on introduction to justice and what it has to do with the law. I'll be emceeing, so I'll see you there. Um, But they'll be running on the 14th and 15th of March, back to back. The 14th is going to be in the evening and the 15th will be around lunchtime. All the details are on Career Hub. They're also on the Brennan Collective, so get amongst it. We also have other events coming up. We have RASA Week, which is Refugee and Asylum Seeker Awareness Week. So that is an LSS-run initiative that Monica and I will be leading this year. More details to come, but it's a really great way to get involved with refugee and asylum seeker law if that's something that you're interested in. Um, We also have a sustainability initiative coming up in spring, an arts and crafts drive. 
We have Modern Slavery Justice Talk. Lots. There's lots coming this year. We definitely um, try to plan the Justice Talks correlating with what's happening um, in the global climate, the current context, so we don't have them planned for the whole year, but that's just so that we can keep them fresh and relevant for students. Sounds like you guys have a great range of events planned this year. So would you be able to tell our listeners if it's a hybrid of in-person and Zoom events? We are planning on doing a mix, yep. Um, I'm pretty sure those intro justice talks are happening online. Rasa a week, we try and do something in person and online so we can meet everyone's needs. I guess we'll also play the rest of the year by ear and see what happens, but we'll definitely try and make it as accessible as possible. Yeah, it'll just definitely depend on the speakers that we have because we bring in some really great um, and influential people from the legal and social justice sector, but depending on their availability also changes whether they can be in person or not. Either way, I think there's a lot to look forward to this year. Well, that's all very exciting. Looks like there's lots happening this year for Brennanites. What do you think, Shay? Yeah, it's really exciting. We're looking forward to seeing you all at our events. We'll be there, so come say hi and we'd love to your thoughts on what you'd like to see from the Brennan program, what you're passionate about, what you would like to explore for 2022. Amazing stuff. And look, I would encourage all of our listeners to get involved. But along the lines of social justice, could you perhaps tell us more about the broader portfolio and what's in store for this year? So many exciting things happening in the social justice portfolio this year. Um, By the time this goes live, the applications for women's mentoring will be closed, but that is coming up with Ryan from Diversity. She's been working really hard on that. We've also got Wellbeing collaborating with Equity to bring a really awesome panel on mental health, which I think is beneficial whether you're a Brennan engaged student or not. And we also have our Justice Action Committee, which is the social justice subcommittee. The applications are opening Oh, they will be open once you've listened to this. So it's an awesome opportunity to get involved if you're interested in social justice. You can gain LTS hours, work with us, Georgina Hedge, the vice president of social justice, the rest of the team. We definitely encourage first years that are passionate, but anyone from your first through your fifth year is welcome and we'll be so excited to have you. Well, Shay and Mon, thank you so much for being on season three, episode three of The Bar. We hope you had a really good time today. Thank you so much for having us. This was fun. Yeah, I've loved it. Thank you. It was very much lovely to chat this afternoon. Hope you guys have an amazing week. And I've been Brayden. I've been Perina. And we'll see you next week for the happiest hour.